The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, and the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Hear from them first. Swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex network zone. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up a show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 210 of Ep- Oh, my God, that was bad. Oh, just, just do it again. No. We'll do it again. Yep. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 210th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am well, uh, like, so on so many levels. First, we just got through watching my reigning defending undisputed Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs uh, win again, beat the Denver Broncos for the 16th time in a row. And I don't know if you understand pro sports or understand pro football, anybody cares, but beating an opponent 16 times in a row is almost unheard of. It just doesn't happen. That game was a garbage fire, though, I will say. Oh, God, it was bowling. It was a Thursday night game, bowling shoe ugly. They're usually going to be like high scoring or ugly. But I will say this those are the kind of games the Chiefs lost before this year. We didn't know how to ugly it up with teams. And our defense is good enough to ugly it up with teams. And I'm taking it as a, taking it as a positive. I'm hoping our offense comes along. Uh, we really just need it. Like, again, we're not going to do football talk. I'm happy my Chiefs won, so that's a good move. Then right before the show, got a little more good news we'll talk about in a second. And, yeah, and tomorrow, uh, so we're recording Thursday, uh, barely Thursday, October 12th. It's almost the 13th, uh, Friday 13th. But on Friday 13th, I am going to the season <coughs> premiere of WWE SmackDown in Tulsa. And then I was, on Tuesday, I was at Title Tuesday and Dynamite, so I'm getting back in the swing of my wrestling things. My overall mood is just, of course, uh, of course, it is improved because I am back at wrestling shows. All right, yeah. It's going to be a fun time for sure. And, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, of course, that Tuesday, it was a Tuesday that people can't stop talking about. It was a great night for professional wrestling. We got a lot to get into, of course, and a surprise title change on AEW Collision that we have plenty of thoughts about. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about for Dynamite and AEW in this entire week. Uh, before we get into everything, though, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, Please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. 
And also be sure to leave a rating and a review. It helps out a ton. And you can also follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex of the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, the news of the week kind of goes into the number side of this Tuesday of wrestling that we had. Of course, the Tuesday Night War as AEW had Title Tuesday go head-to-head with NXT because of the fact that they had to move the show off of Wednesday because of the MLB postseason. Shout-out to the Braves choking like they always do. Uh, But regardless... AEW had to get their moved over from their usual time slot because of the postseason from the MLB, and they went head-to-head with NXT, to which it was basically a goddamn street fight with what these people wanted to put on this show uh, for each shows. Um, now, full disclosure, uh, we have the results and the numbers for the ratings uh, from this show. Uh, and, Floyd, do you want to go ahead and just give the numbers out and the, the ratings and the viewers that each show had i was pulling it up right now uh just typed it i went a little slow on this yeah uh i'm pulling up from brandon thurston for wrestlenomics that's at brandon thurston on twitter just want to throw that out there i've i've been a fan of wrestlenomics for a very long time and that's usually who i go through for the information because they really do their best to stay in the middle they don't try to you know there's no spin there's no this is better this is just, you know, these are the numbers, and you can do with them what you may. So, WWE and NXT last, uh, on USA on Tuesday night, 921,000 921, viewers, uh, .30 in the 18 to 49. AEW Dynamite, 609,000 viewers, uh, .26 in the 18 to 49. So, that is your results. Um, yeah, so NXT won. And I, I, I talked to, I'll bring him up on the show very often. Dave Finishell, me and him had a conversation before the show, before it started. And I was like, oh yeah, NXT, I mean, NXT is going to win. And he's yeah. like, why, why is NXT going to win? I was like, the first thing is it's their night. Yep. It's their night. It's Tuesday. And unfortunately, as smart as people are these days, they, people don't like change. You know what I mean? They're like, I watch wrestling. I watch AEW on Wednesday, so they're going to watch it on Tuesday. Second of all, WWE, NXT, Shawn Michaels, whoever decided, decided, I guess it's sweeps week so or something like that. And so they 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 put it all out there. So they had... They basically made it an sh- episode of SmackDown on NXT. Yeah, it was John Cena, and he was going to be in Brown Breaker's corner, Paul Heyman. I mean, John Cena was going to be in Carmelo's corner. Ron Breaker was going to have Paul Heyman in this corner. Oscar wrestled uh, Roxanne Perez. Cody had a special announcement that was absolutely not special at all. He was apparently the GM, I guess. Yeah, he was the GM of the night. So he was on Yeet. So he was on uh, multiple episodes. And then at the end, The Undertaker came out. We're we're not here to do a review of NXT, but that's just kind of. Uh, cliff notes of what happened. So literally, if you talk about the Mount Rushmore of WWE, like two of the four people <laughs> from Mount Rushmore exactly. Were, exactly. Were, were on NXT. So w- with it being their night, with that, 
yeah, the numbers number. And it was so funny because I I do straw I, I do straw polls and I, and they're they're very unofficial straw polls. It's just like, hey, well, you know, what are you watching kind of thing. And I, and I have a diverse enough group of friends where I think I get it. We don't all think the same. Actually, a lot of people don't think like me. So, um, you know, I get a good idea. And my two friends that openly admitted, openly admitted that they love AEW's product more, that they enjoy the wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Everything with AEW said they were watching NXT. So that in my, like my head, my straw poll world, that did not bowl world for AEW. No, and again, it was it was very much like heavily favored towards the nostalgia bait that they did. And look, I'm not gonna be out here being like mad about it. There's a reason why they still have John Cena under contract, why they still have the Undertaker under contract, because they get these guys to make appearances and they pop ratings. It, They've popped ratings for their entire career. That's what they were designed to do and what they were built up to do. And it helped out tremendously. And yes. When you move a show from its original time slot, the number is going to drop. It is going to drop. There's a, I mean, a big reason why I would also carry into why AEW beat NXT in the Wednesday Night Wars. It's because Wednesday wasn't their normal time slot. NXT wasn't normally on Wednesdays. AEW was always on Wednesdays and consistently beat them. And, and even on NXT was on Wednesdays. It was just on the network. You know, people didn't exactly. turn their TV on for it. So. Again, I, I if you're an NXT fan, take your victory lap. I am sure. I'm like, do your thing. I I mean, AEW will go back to Wednesday next week. Yeah, I the think one thing, I think the, the one thing I, I think yeah, the, the one thing I would take out of this though that I would say is I do like the fact, and I think uh, I can't remember his name, but someone from Wrestle Purist I think made this made this uh, comment, and I, I I do agree with it as well. Uh, and it was that I did like that. AEW hung their hat for this massive show where they were going up against a show that was featuring John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Asuka, Paul Heyman, and The Undertaker. And they and they put their money on what brought them to the dance in the first place, which was excellent professional wrestling. You didn't get a promo segment, like an in-ring promo segment, until like the second hour of the show, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But they had like three or so matches before that. So it was just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And that's what AEW does so well. So they hung their hat on that instead of trying to beat WWE at their own game. It, I respect it, that. And I say this forever. AEW is a pro wrestling show. WWE is a sports entertainment show. Even though AEW has unfortunately been leaning into a little bit too much, a little bit more into the sports entertainment side, uh, the professional wrestling the, the professional wrestling side is what, you know, they do best. They put on matches. This one, this show started with a banger and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, congrats, NXT. Uh, AEW goes back to the regular time slot next week. This is not going to happen a lot. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, one, the SAG uh, thing is going to officially end and they're not going to be able to just keep calling John Cena. You know what I mean? So Right. No, but no, NXT, I don't, I haven't liked that show in a very long time. I watch it because JR watches it. I always say that. I watch it because I watch it with my friend. Uh, but, you know, I was at the show and I had a, you know, had a great time. We'll talk about each individual part of the show. And, you know, I thought AEW did what AEW does. They put on an amazing show. It's just, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and again, no, I, I would say at least a good majority of fans, myself included, going into this, I'm like, AEW's not winning this. There's, They can't. I mean, like I said, it's just you went up against an episode of SmackDown. And AEW was never designed at that point, at this point in their lifespan to compete with SmackDown. You know what I mean? You turned NXT into SmackDown for the night and SmackDown beat AEW. Good job. I'm not even trying to be facetious of it. However, TK was very vocal about how he was absolutely going to, like, I mean, he was taking this shit and he was going all the way with it. Tweeting out a picture in regards to Triple H calling him a bald asshole. I thought that was uh, towards Shawn Michaels. Uh, I, was it Shawn? Well, either it could Sean, work. For yeah, yeah, they're it could of, work for either yeah. or. But regardless, that popped me. I thought it was funny, but I was also like, this could go down a bad road. And it kind of has because Tony Khan has been tweeting a lot in regards to after the uh, the numbers came out and AEW Dynamite didn't take them down. Um, of course, there was multiple tweets where he was just thanking the wrestlers and being like, thank you to everyone who tuned in. It's a big night for professional wrestling. We appreciate everyone who tuned in to Dynamite and all that kind of stuff. That's great. But then he also made a tweet commenting on the fact that this was the first show uh, that John Cena and The Undertaker have been on that has had less than a million views. And, and, trying to at least trying to take the wind out of the victory, out of their sales, being like, well, your number wasn't that good either. Yeah, and I'm just it, like... It was so funny because I was like, it's like you, it's like Michigan and Michigan State plays a football game and Michigan scores 49 and Michigan State scores 17 and Michigan State, but you didn't get 50. Like, exactly. What? It's, it's basically, it's like, but you didn't cover. You didn't cover. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> like, Dog, I don't care. <laughs> like, what? what? What are we doing? And it's like, I laugh because I, I love the drama. I Everyone knows that. If you oh, listen to the show, I love the drama. But it was just like, it was drama, drama, drama. I love, love, love. And then this tweet, and I was like... <sighs> That's not a good look, sir. That, 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 that is the Philadelphia Eagles complaining about the refs. That is, when you lose, just say, hey, we put on the best show we could. We thought it was one of our better shows. Uh, make sure you watch it on DVR and kind of leave it at that. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Cause don't forget to tune in to Rampage and Collision. Yeah, Goodbye. Don't, yeah, don't confuse the Rampage and Collision. Again, I like, like that Tony is about his product and everything. Uh, I, I had this thought. I was talking earlier uh, just with people, and I was like, the thing about it is, and I think the thing that rubs them the wrong way is Tony Khan, if, if AEW is the country, and I think that's actually his title. He's the president and CEO of AEW. Yes. He's the president, right? And I remember in 2020, all the things with Donald Trump, but the, re the real reason I didn't want him to be elected anymore as far as you know, you know, I don't really talk politics. Is because he kind of embarrassed us. You know, he was the news, and I'm like, man, in my mind, when the president's doing the president's thing, I barely know he exists. He comes out for the big announcements, blah blah blah. But the day to day, yeah, yeah, but the press secretary, all those people handle everything else, right? So it's kind of like you. I don't want my president being the one talking shit. You need a general in your army of AEW to talk shit. Somebody that's on the roster should be talking this shit. Somebody that's on the roster should be sending these tweets. Tony Khan, even if he isn't above it, should appear above it. 
And which yes. again, I like the mud. Don't get me wrong. I generally have no problem with it. But even today, I'm getting messages directly to me like, oh man, he needs to calm down. And I'm like, he he is what he is. And, and it's like in the last one, I was just like, probably the first post like in two years that I ever said like, uh, TK, not a good look. Like generally, I'm like, go, keep going. You know, and I'm like, that was the first time I've said it there in two years. And I was like, I, I think it does. I wouldn't even call it a bigger problem, but I think it does shine a light on the fact that uh, there has been a role missing from AEW. And I'm not, since about, uh, let's see, February 20, February 2021 at this point. Uh, damn. Uh, no, oh, February, yeah. no, February Since 2020. Yeah, yeah. Where he was the general, right? They was like, it would say Triple H versus Cody. And that's how people would talk, Triple H versus Cody, because this is not about, what I'm about to say is not about Cody. It's not. It really isn't. It's about a role that he fulfilled that of the leader and the general in the front yes. face of the, AEW. And the, ones that would, and the one that would take the most shots. Yes, and he would take the shots. He would go on shows. He he would, uh, you know. I don't need to see the Bucks uh, defeat the developmental more than once. Yes, and he would he would do these little one liners that buzz through the uh, buzz through the uh, the show at all. And it's just like AEW, and I know there are people that worked for WWE, and they're like, we don't need that. You do. You are the challenger brand. That is something I didn't even know what that term meant until like a year now but you are the challenger brand yes. they are number one the only way a challenger brand works is if you're challenging the top you're taking the pot shots but they don't want it from tony Khan. i don't it needs to be yeah it needs to be like from the bucks mjf mjf or kenny omega kenny omega yes all any of those guys it shouldn't come from them yes you know because it didn't come from from TK. When Cody was doing it, TK kind of had plausible deniability. Cody was doing Cody. Now, when he does it, it's like, oh, now you're petty. And it's just like nobody wants the leader to be petty. You know what I mean? I do. But most of <laughs> most people don't want the leader to be petty. So it's just like someone has to step in this role. I mean, the obvious person, because he has some of the best one-liners and one of the wittiest people, is MJF. He's the world champion. He leads AEW. I know he's trying to do this, you know, bidding war 2024. He hasn't really been on that lately, but 2024 is coming up. And, you know, uh, maybe he's not trying to burn any bridges or whatever. But in, in you know, that's, again, that's just speculation. That's just me throwing out shit. I don't know shit. Uh, but um, maybe that's the case. But it feels like this is needed. And it feels like the more and more they've settled into, we're just going to do what we do, the cooler, the, the product has kind of cooled off. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, they're putting on amazing shows. Everybody loves their pay-per-views. Everybody loves this. But then that's not correlating to ticket sales that's not correlating to ratings that's yes. not correlating to everything else and i think what correlate mm. helps that correlation and i'm not saying ticket sales and overnight the tv stuff would be fixed overnight if you just talk more shit about aew i mean wwe but your wrestlers tony taking shots on dynamite had people talking about aew that didn't talk about aew usually Right. They'd at least be like, man, can you believe Cody said that? Can you believe this? And it's just like, 
They need more shots like that. And I just think they need someone to fill in that role. I don't know who it is. I don't know who would be comfortable with it because I don't want anyone faking it. But I know there has to be someone in the company that actually believes this shit and they just need to say it. Yeah. I mean, you you had one and then you fired him. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. And, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately with that guy, he took he took more shots at people on his roster than he did at the WWE. At some point. Yeah. At some point, all of a sudden, a a switch was flipped. Yeah. Switch was flipped. And then all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. It's like so much so he had a conversation with the other side and then they told him no. Honestly, I think that's for the best. Dude, trust me. Don't get back with your ex-girlfriend. It yeah. never, it never works. Dude. It never works. He's going to do something, and I root for him to be there. But it, like I said, it there's a hole. And it's like, you know, it's like the, uh, the, the term heart and soul of AEW. And it's just like, I feel like the soul is there, but it, it has lost a little bit of its heart. And, yeah. And, uh... And even when I went to the show this week, it was like I remember, like comparing it to uh, 2020 when I was there because I was in Kansas City 2020 before COVID started. And after the show, Cody came out in the ring and, you know, he brought some wrestlers out and then they brought some fans in the ring and they messed it around. Felt, it felt way more. Com- yeah. Yeah. It I felt like a community. It felt like you were in a family. It felt like you were a part of something. Now it just feels kind of like a business. And I went there and I hugged Grillo and I said hi to my people that I know, the AEW Hills people, all the people I love. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people I love still there and whatever. It's just that overall feel that there's no pre-show signing anymore. There is, like I said, there's no fan. The wrestlers just hanging out outside of the ring, having a fan interaction, you know, and someone records that and they put it up and it's just like, AEW is the greatest live experience ever because I was there and I can tell you the live experience is nothing less than it used to be, but it just feels... Like the energy from the crowd is not anything less than it used to be, but it feels like the family atmosphere is not there. So, like I said, I, I you know I think when I'm looking at this, it's just like there is something missing. And like I said, I don't think it's the soul because the great matches and all this stuff. I think think there's a little heart missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely I can definitely see that for sure. Um, but. Speaking of the fact that you were at Dynamite, we're going to get to the Kansas City Tuesday uh, Title Tuesday Dynamite. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to talk about Collision. Uh, now, this was a Collision that opened with the AEW World Tag Team Championships being defended by FTR against Absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And we have to talk about this because we saw a title change. And it was one that we were... Not expecting as absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill defeat Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, basically ta- jump in on Dax, who took most of the offense, and they take down FTR and absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill are your tag team champions. Big Bill holding his first tag team champion, first championship, period. This man has not won a championship. In any company he's been, not an independent, not WWE, not Impact, nothing. And all of a sudden, he's tag team champion with Ricky Starks, 
who finally has a championship as well. I've been screaming about Ricky Starks getting a title. He hadn't had one in, like, ever. And now he's tag team champion with Big Bill. And we have some thoughts on this. Um, I mean, the FTR guy's right here. I will pass it off to him first. First of all, I got to tell you. I should have recorded this right after it had happened. I was a lot. I know. I, I yeah. the emotions were probably way a lot more furious. And, yeah. and and there's more information that's come out since then. So this is going to be a lot more level headed than you probably wanted to hear when talking about FTR. Uh, how they did it? Let's talk about the execution of it. They uh, they attacked them before the bell rang, right? Yes. And uh, cast. Uh, I mean, uh, Big Bill. Then put Cash through a table. And uh, then it was just Dax in the ring. And it was set up like an old FTR match where they put him out like Cash was going to come back and, you know, get the amazing tag and then lead the comeback. So that's where my brain went. Then Big Bill and Ricky Starks just beat the shit out of Dax and pinned him. One, two, three. I and like I mean, I was sitting there waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting for Cash to get up, and he stayed down, and he stayed down, and he stayed down, and he won. I thought the execution of it was perfect. I, I know a lot of people say, you know, I heard a lot of people say, "Oh, this is Brody Lee versus Cody." It was it, it was a, a one sided match. It was a definitive one sided match, like Brody versus Cody, but. In Brody versus Cody, Brody, I mean, the bell rang. Brody just beat up Cody. It was like a fair match. Brody was just ahead of Cody. He was just better. In this match, it was kind of like, oh, they got snuck. You know, it was like, it it was never a match. But, and I thought it was the perfect way to execute it if you're going to go to FTR losing. So after the match, of course, there was speculation that, you know, one of FT, one of the people from FTR, was hurt and then Dax put up a post of uh you know the highlights uh, four pictures and then he's like you know did what they did FTR out and of course there was speculation that FTR was leaving no one said FTR was leaving no one hinted at FTR is leaving they actually just signed a contract in March no yeah. one said FTR is leaving and in essence they just signed one of Dax and Cash's friends slash mentors in Edge or Adam Copeland, right? So when people were coming to me, I was like, there's no fucking, they're not going anywhere. They just signed Edge. I'm like, if by Dax's words from his podcast, this is, this is from his podcast. He said, you know, him and him and Punk, you know, like, what was it like a year ago? Like in February when they had their match or whatever, that was like their first time talking and being friends. Listen to the podcast. Listen to any interview. Dax and Cash go way back with Edge. That's family. Uh, oh, yeah. Ka- I mean, if you, did you see the way they reacted when he returned? Yes. Cash and uh, 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 Adam Copeland, when he was still in WWE, was cutting a promo. And, and um, someone had broken in his house. I think it was Randy Orton. Uh, uh who broken in his house, Randy Orton, he said, I'm going to send Dan and Dave to help look out. I'm going to call Dan and Dave to help look out. That was a reference to Dax and Cash. So these people are family. So, okay, they just signed a new contract, one. And, con- you know, contracts tend to be binding. 
Uh, number two, <laughs> number two, one of the, the closest people in their lives just joined the company, right? Number three, AEW actually cares about tag team wrestling. I don't see really a positive to going to WWE. And that's not even talking about the schedule or anything else like that. Again, all this stuff, what I'm saying is stuff Dax and Dax has said on the podcast, Cash said the live podcast. This is all public information. So I didn't see there being a world where FTR was leaving. And even when I was asked, I was like, I'm going to go out on a limb just based on what I know about them and liking old school wrestling. This was probably their idea. Now, that was up to me. That was me on like Monday and Saturday, Monday and Tuesday. But after, I was pissed. I was like, oh, God, why did they do this? Why, why, why? I mean, FTR was supposed to be the most dominant tag team and got their ass kicked. Now, I was really conflicted because I really fucking love Ricky Starks. And I As do really, I. really fucking love Big Bill. I don't know if, if anyone's ever met Big Bill. That man is probably one of the nicest humans ever. Like he is seven foot, but he like when he's talking to you and he's just chilling and got the voice and all this stuff, doesn't feel like it. He's just a very friendly human, right? So I'm like, and you know, he has been on the cusp of something for a long time, and and it was like, oh my god, Big Bill and Ricky are made. I'm very happy for them. Number two positive. I if the Young Bucks had just won the number one contender, I was the FTR was winning, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> if the FTR and the Bucks are at full gear, I'm gonna have to, you know, save money, go to full gear because I'm not missing FTR and the Bucks." I mean, it's still a month and six days late later from yeah, now. You never know. I, I never know, but it seems like the odds are likely that FTR and the Young Bucks aren't having at full gear, which again. I'm kind of okay with. So it was a lot of emotions and stuff that went in through this, but uh, congratulations to Ricky Starks. Congratulations yes. to Big Bill. Uh, Ricky Starks has, I, I was telling my friend Rich or Rich Latta from One Nation Radio, I was like, he's had the weirdest push ever. I've never heard of a push where you lose every match. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I was like, how do you, Honestly. how are you going to be being pushed and you lose every match so ricky won so he got a win he has a belt he is the guy i love promo after you ain't getting no rematch i love it uh shout out to them i now we can hear our friends thoughts austin what was your thoughts on my favorite tag team in the world getting fucking demolished i literally dm'd you and i'm like dog what the hell I was I couldn't believe it because I was just like this was like a combination like like immediate afterthought my it was like this is a combination of the things that we don't like the most FTR lost the belts and it's to a makeshift tag team wasn't to an established tag team wasn't anything like that they just lost to two guys that were teaming together I will say this again. I'm so happy for Big Bill. Like I said, this guy hasn't been a champion anywhere. And the fact that after all of his mental struggles, after literally having a moment where I'm pretty sure he seized in the middle of the ring at one at, at an indie show, he, he can say he's a champion now. 
never gotten the chance to meet him, but Floyd is, I trust Floyd's word on anything. When he vouches for people, he, there's a reason why he vouches for people. Um, so I'm very happy. And I've screamed from the heavens that Ricky Starks needs to be like hold gold. And quite frankly, like I said, it's about time that he has something in to, to kind of work for. I am more so hoping because this is my viewpoint on this too. Because you, you, you were leaning towards when you were like, you know, obviously Adams there, their best, their family, and they resigned. And there's like basically like there, this has to have been done for a reason. I'm leading with you on that. The reason I hope this happened is I need more than anything else. I think currently in AEW. I need FTR to be heel. I need it so badly. And I know the tag team division is filled with a lot of heels. I'm aware of that. We need a heel FTR. I just feel like it's been years since we've had that. I love babyface FTR. I love to be able to cheer by giving the okay to cheer them. But these are old school guys, and they're so old school, we know they deserve, they should be wearing black hats. So that's the biggest thing I want out of this, is that they get so furious that they lost on a fluke, and because they got jumped, that they're like, okay, fuck all that, full, full CM Punk, I'm tired of being nice. Go that route. That's what I want. So I ho- that's the way I'm taking out of this. Again, Absolutely stoked for Ricky Starks and Big Bill. I hope this leads to more success for them, Whether because I don't believe that they're going to hold the titles for very long. I just don't believe so, because again, they, they are still a makeshift tag team, but they have an accolade to add to their career, which I think they deserve. Um, but hopefully this just means they get utilized. But yeah, uh, it's, still, it's still very, very weird. Um, now, in regards to uh, the rest of the show, uh, I would say the only two things I wanted to comment on was, A, my favorite thing in the world, Timeless Tony Storm. She fucking had a script ready for Kira Hogan. It was like, here's your script. Here's what you have to do in the match. And she's basically like, yeah, you take the fall, basically. And Kira is like, oh, you want me to do that? And rips the script in front of her face. And she's like, how dare you like slaps her uh and i mean she's psychotic she bit this girl's ass she bit her ass and she goes absolutely haywire and eventually is able to hit the hip attack after getting her close up getting the storm zero and getting the win over kira hogan this girl is phenomenal i love her so much, and I'm going to gush over her more when we talk about Title Tuesday, but I had to mention that. Her having a script ready for Kira Hogan made me die of laughter. I thought it was so good. I, like, it's 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 getting a gimmick and then doing everything with it and doing like, buying, like I said, I love people when they get weird shit and they commit to it. A thousand percent. This has just the same makings as, say, Orange Cassidy and his gimmick, and like, I would also compare this a little bit to like Damien Mizdow, the way that he committed, and it just, he, he like, Damien Mizdow combined with Rusev Day, like, that kind of stuff, it's like when you commit to something so hard that everybody all of a sudden is just like, 
I'm buying into this. This is insane. This is amazing. Like, I have nothing but incredible things to say for Tony Storm. Give her all the accolades and the awards. I want a you really, really like me promo eventually, like when she wins an accolade or something, whether it be something from the Wrestling Observer or whether it be an actual championship. I want a you really, really like me. Like, I just, ah, oh, she's amazing. I had to comment on that. Floyd, I, I know I gushed over this. Uh, did you want to comment on anything? On I, this? I'm just going to say, on, on these type of g- gimmicks, not my favorite thing, but there's only one way to do them. And you have to go whole last. No exactly. half ass. No half ass. And she no is she is a hundred percent into this gimmick. Yeah, that's that's basically the only reason. Because like I said, I it's very sports entertaining on AEW, which we know we 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 like in in doses. Yes. But it's still a wrestling company. Like that's what we always say. We like our sports entertainment stylings in doses. This is still a wrestling company. But when you get this, you have to commit. And she a thousand percent has. And that's what I'm I'm like. I will tell you, she's committed. And it's to the point where I can honestly say until like Title Tuesday, I honestly didn't know if she was a heel or a face. That's what I'm saying. Like, But now we know. Now now, now now we know know what side she's going to be on. But yeah, I had no idea. I, I Lord, I couldn't tell you whether she was a heel or face. I just thought, I was like, uh, she's doing this thing, and it's great, and it's funny. It reminds me kind of a female, like, I've heard VOD villains. I, I think more gold does. Cause See, it's, I was going to say, yeah. the VOD villains, like, they had the aesthetic, but I still don't think they went all the way with it. Yeah, because, I mean, Goldust was old Hollywood. That's yes. what he was, and that's what, exactly. That's what timeless. Tony that's why is. I went more with Mizdow because yeah. it was it was movie style stuff, but he committed. Yeah, and she's doing a great job with it. Uh, and again, it's not going to be for everybody. It's one of those things. Is it my favorite thing? No. Do I hate it? No. It's just that's it's not it's not what I look for. But I when I was at the show, oh my god, people fucking ate it up. So let's go. Let's keep exactly. going. That's what I'm saying. She's my queen. Um, and then finally, the last thing I would say is I wanted to comment on uh, the uh, the rated R superstar. And uh, first of all, Eddie Kingston commander did an amazing match, I would say, for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Did want to say that. But then Adam Copeland made his debut on Collision, basically being like, you know, Things didn't go my way, and I don't get it. I'm confused because the idea of me coming here was to team with my friend Christian Cage. But rewinding again, for nine years ago, I was told that for nine years I was told I would never be able to do this again. But I'm standing here through a hell of a lot of hard work and persistence. For seven years, Christian was told he can never do this again. Through a hard lot of hard work and persistence, he's here. Somewhere along the line, he stopped taking my phone calls. I've said before, he's a dick. I love him, and he's been my friend for 40 years, best friend, but he's in his Bond villain face. And he's like, I get it, but I'm out here for answers, and I want to find out what's going on. Christian, can you just get out here and tell me what's going on since you won't take my calls? To which uh, Christian comes out and goes, he's on the uh, Titantron basically going, you think you call the shots, huh? Same old Adam. You get to be the one to call the shots. I'm the TNT champion. I come and go as I please. So you're going to get your answer on Dynamite. I'll be there on Tuesday. But will you make it? To which Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne show up. And they circle him. 
Copeland uh, spears Luchasaurus, uh, boots Nick Wayne, but eventually he gets choke slammed by uh, Luchasaurus and hit with the extinction. And then they grab a steel chair. They're looking for a concerto until Darby Allen comes out to save him. And he, at one point, Darby's looking at Nick Wayne and he's like trying to be like, you know, what are you doing? This isn't you, stupid baby face. I'm a stupid baby face. I don't realize that my friend has turned evil. I get killed all of a sudden because I get drop kicked by by Nick Wayne and they get thrown into the corner and then get concertoed on my arm. So that was how Collision wrapped up, uh, which I thought was a pretty solid uh, promo segment to wrap things up. And again, it's just it has me so stoked for everything that this feud is leading towards. Uh, and we'll get more into it with title Tuesday for sure. But anything you wanted to comment on that? Dude, first? dude I, I really enjoyed collision this week. Uh, it was good. Yeah. It, the edge segment ending. It, it is great. I want to see more. I, I had, did have one problem. Like, so they gave us the mask guys, right? So I thought it was going to be like a collision only thing attacking Jay white. And then they just went away. Mm-hmm. And and in I'm gonna say this in 2023, 2023, yeah, you can't do that with storylines. With with uh, you can, they just can't go away. Yeah, like <laughs> like they just it just they did it. It's like okay, who attacked Jay White? And he thinks it's MJF, of course. But who are the other guys? And yeah, you just went away with it. Yeah, it's they've mentioned it, but they haven't like actually revealed it. Yeah, and I, I understand slow burn. I love slow burn. I, this is not me talking about me. This at some point radio. though, like easy way to keep it going is just have have masked masked MJF show up and jump another member of Bullet Club Gold. Yes, have him jump Austin or Colton. Yes, they can take a beating. Keep this. You gotta keep this going. Yes, you have to keep. It I going. thought that's what they were going to do. Yeah. I thought, oh, Jay got jumped now. Austin's going to get jumped, and Colton's going to get jumped, and Juice is going to get jumped, and they're all going to think it's MJF. Yeah, so, yeah, I had a bit. That was my problem from c- Collision, and if I, and Dynamite, because I, I just thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a Collision exclusive yeah. type of angle, so I was expecting to see something on Collision, and we saw nothing. And yes. and it's just like, I am not in a hurry for it to reach its conclusion, but I am in a hurry for it to get started. Right. No, exactly. Okay. Uh, moving over now to Title Tuesday, which opened up, uh, of course, on uh, the uh, on the Zero Hour. They had the Ring of Honor World and New Japan Strong Openweight title match between Eddie Kingston versus Suzuki, a.k.a. the we're going to beat the living shit out of each other before the show actually gets on TV. Uh, Dude, so, I, I got so much. I, yeah, I got recorded videos. I posted it on All Things Elite. Uh, Twitter. They were just kick, like chopping and smacking the hell out of each other, dude. And it was great because you know I, I I managed to get really good seats, like kind of late, yeah. uh, kind of late in the process. And um, yeah, it's like uh, so I I don't usually like record a lot doing shows. I don't put up a lot of videos, but I was in such a good spot, and they started slapping each other, and I was like, oh, let me whip out their old trusty phone and. Record them beating the shit out of each other, and it was beautiful. And Eddie Kingston is one of those. Yeah, I, I love him because him and, and Suzuki's the same way. Their matches are pretty much the same, right? But mm-hmm. it's a match I enjoy. And I will tell people all the time, there are some other people that do the same match every time, and I don't enjoy them. But these right. two, I can literally watch them 
slap the shit out of each other over and over for days. And I just loved how the Eddie Kingston, when he'd take the forearm to the face and he would go out and then he would just get back and fight. And it was just, it was such a fun match. Yeah, no, it was a blast and a fun way to open things up for sure. Um, moving over, um, before uh, the buy-in, I mean, before the main show happened, we did get uh, Tony Khan appearing on, basically saying that John Moxley wasn't medically cleared to be able to go up against Fenix for the uh, international championship, to which Hook and Orange Cassidy interrupt, and Hook basically insists that OC will fill in because he's the former uh, international champion to which TK agrees and makes the new match Orange Cassidy versus uh, Ray Phoenix for the international championship. Um, But the official show opened with Christian Cage appearing inside the production truck. Like no intro literally opens with Christian being like, this is the biggest dynamite ever title Tuesday. And how fitting that the first thing you see is me, Christian Cage. Then the face of TNT. The face of TNT, yep. Face of Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Discovery. He said, I've procured the first 30 minutes of Dynamite commercial free. You're welcome. And he said, somebody in this stupid truck start the show. And they count it down and then they show the intro. Nice touch. I thought it was very nicely done. Uh, To which we get into uh, the opening match. The number one contender match for the TNT Championship. Swerve Strickland versus Brian Danielson. I mean, this match was amazing. Yeah, uh, see, um, it's so fun. Washington was the Pacific Northwest was represented very well. I I just wanted to I want to say this before I even talk about the match. If you look at Swerve Strickland, and you like, and you like, and you don't like, oh, I'm not really feeling him or whatever. I don't know what you look forward to and look for in wrestling. For real, say it louder. <laughs> I was like, I just don't know. I you have the right to not like what you don't like. I, I, you know me, I am all about, you know, you love what you love. But when I watch him, this dude is great on the mic. This dude has a presence when he comes out to the ring. Banger entrance music that has crowd participation. Prince Nana, uh, shout out to Prince Nana on that one. Yes. Uh, his crew looks tough as fuck. And then when you put the bell on, I mean, that this is the part that's not new. This dude has been dope in the ring for like ever. You yes. know what I mean? But he has done everything around being dope in the ring to make himself seem such like a uh, a main event level presence product, the future star of this company. And it's just like you like you got the rhythmless nation out there doing the the uh, the, the na dance. It's amazing. I can't dance either, so I really don't have anywhere to talk. Uh, but I, I was like, I started recording, and I didn't want to post it. I I started recording people doing the dance, and it was so bad. I felt like if I was posting it, I would end up making fun of them, <laughs> and I didn't want to make fun of people, so I kept it in the phone. But if anybody ever wants it, I'll send it to you. It was it was pretty terrible, but um. Yeah, uh, and, you know, they come out and it's just just, this presence and he is AEW and he is uniquely AEW. I know he was in WWE, but his everything about his presentation feels AEW and and it's like the crowd is behind him and everything there. And it's just like, dude, if you don't like him, I don't know what you look for in wrestling. Like, yeah, (laughs) like I don't know. I don't know. And then they put on this match, and Brian Anglison, again, a lot of people believe 
one of the best American professional wrestlers of all time. And Swerve is on another level. And then they just go out there and tell this beautiful story. And uh, it did have a bit of a WWE ending with uh, uh, Hangman getting involved, taking the weapon away from Prince Nana. It actually did make sense, you know, to a point. I hate that stupid horse, but it actually made sense uh, to a point uh, because, of course, they're building to another match. And then Brian Danielson gets the win. But, uh, yeah, this match, dude, I I, I messaged because I'm like, is this match as good? Uh, I I messaged... uh, JR and I was like, is this match as good on TV as it is live? And he's like, I'm watching NXT. And I was like, I hate you. I should, uh, but um, yeah, uh, I was like, is this match as good? Because the crowd was super into it and they're so fluid. Like them working together, they're so fluid. And it was just, and it seems still seemed like a fight, not a dance. And I, it is just. Really hard to find the balance of that, and I I really like this match. It's honestly one of my favorite matches of the year. I imagine someone will probably say it didn't reach match of the year level, but from a moment of it starting to the end, it had me completely engaged. So yeah, I really enjoyed this match. No, yeah, again, this was spectacular, like so good. Again, it was. There's really not much else you can say. Like I said, if you don't believe that these guys are legit and you don't believe that these are two of your best wrestlers on the company, I don't know what to tell you. Brian Danielson, to me, he is AEW's ace. Like, you will not get a bad match out of Brian Danielson. He is so stellar. I love the storyline of them really working on uh, uh, Swerve Strickland's uh, ribs during the match. Uh, and yeah, they just kicked the shit out of each other. And uh, but eventually, yeah, like you said, the distraction led to Hangman stealing the crown from Nana and from from Swerve's hands, and that's helped set up for uh, that to happen. But basically, uh, Danielson pins him, and it's Christian Cage versus Brian Danielson on Saturday on Collision for the TNT Championship. Uh, yeah, these guys are outstanding. I will always vouch for Swerve Strickland. He is going to be monstrously huge for this company. He already is. But when you put a belt on this man, oh, dear God, you are not ready. Um, Small little vignette for uh, the Ring of Honor television champion Samoa Joe basically being saying he's beginning his road to the AEW world title at Collision. So he's beginning his ascension towards greatness, to which we then get Powerhouse Hobbs versus Chris Jericho and Jericho gets killed. And I got to say, again, I will always give props to Jericho at this point in his career. He's given back so much, and he's like really trying to help put a lot of young people over. Obviously, with Hobbs being the newest member of the Don Callis family, they want to establish him as a world beater, and they want to establish him as a threat in the Don Callis family. And he basically took Jericho behind the woodshed and like put a bullet in his head. Like, Jericho barely got anything in this match. Like, maybe one small little moment where he was able to get a good string of offense. But eventually, as he uh, got out of the uh, uh, walls of Jericho, uh, he proceeds to get slammed, power, like, spine-bustered multiple times, and then eventually just throws him down and pins him and picked him up, throwed him down again afterwards, and yeah. 
they're they making they're making sure Hobbs looks like a threat in the Don Cows family, which is good because Hobbs is very very good. He's a big man who slaps meaty meat very hard, and he just basically killed Chris Jericho. So I think I think that was a, a good presentation of him. It was a it, it was a squash match that didn't feel like a squash match, but it was. I mean, he Jericho gave him everything, dude. Um, yeah, uh, and it's like anybody that says ever said that AEW was a Jericho vanity project is not paying attention. No, uh, the amount of people like I think he needs to win some matches. I think he's gone a little overboard in putting too many people over, but it did not start in this match. This is what Will Hobbs needed. This is to me. Like, I enjoyed Will Hobbs versus Miro, like, a lot. Uh, but this was the match. I'm not going to say, like, career American, blah, blah, blah. But it was the match that establishes Will as Will. This Like, this is the first match that he's ever been in with a major wrestler that matches how he looks. Will Hobbs yes. shouldn't be in 30-minute matches. He shouldn't be in 20-minute matches. His matches, win or lose, should last 10 minutes, you know, and he's going to either kill you or get killed. And the fact that he hit the world's strongest slam, hit another world's strongest slam, and boom, it was done. I don't know if they're calling it something different because I watched it back, and I just, they just said a big power slam. So world's strongest slam twice, and he just beats Jericho. And that's how it is, because someone that looks like Will's, Will Hobbs in his prime with that physique beats someone that looks like Jericho at his age. That's just how it is. It's the most realistic finish that you can have in wrestling. People that look like that beat people that look like that. Now, when Jericho comes back, hopefully, maybe one day, and he, you know, comes up and uses uh, his veteran mentality to uh, knock uh, Will Hobbs out and get the pin back, if they even decide to do that, that would be genius. Or you can be like, Will, Will Hobbs could have a win, and Jericho recruits somebody just as big as him. Either way, whatever way you do it, this match was needed to establish Will Hobbs as the monster, as the enforcer of the Don Callis family. Yeah, got nothing else to say other than that. Uh, moving out of that, we had another segment of Roderick Strong uh, having Adam Cole at his house, uh, helping him with the things he needs help with. Adam's basically like, dude, it's been nearly a week. I need to get surgery. What else do you need me to do? Roderick's like, you need to cut my grass. So he mows the lawn on one leg while on a scooter. Eventually, he's like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm done with this, dude. Like, like, what do we gotta do?" It's like, "No, I got I gotta get I got something for you." And they go inside, and he goes, "Listen, Roddy, I think it's very weird that there's no cell service and there's no TV. I want to watch Dynamite to see what MJF's up to." To which Roderick's like, "TV is the devil," and it's like, like thought that was funny, uh, but basically afterwards. Uh, he is about to leave, and then Roderick's like, you got, I got one more thing I need from you. And I'm like, Adam, dog. <laughs> like, I, like, Adam, like, is, like, being so nice. Like, again, it's it's stupid baby face shit, like, which, I mean, you love, but you hate. So I am all about fun in wrestling. I got to tell you, this, this shit has jumped the shark a long time ago for me. Uh, just, it's something that I just have to kind of sit through because I don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah no this th these segments are not the, like obviously we loved the uh segments with uh mjf and adam cole no like were... there was one part of the segment that actually made me laugh out loud 
that the giraffe is the next strongest animal in the kingdom. Yes. Oh my god, Matt Caven. I don't know how he delivered that line in that part without fucking cracking up because yep. that was pure gold. And I he, he, like he never said it, but he, even in his like how they filmed it of him just stroking the neck, you knew that's exactly where he was going. Is that that giraffes have really strong necks? And it was just like he finally said it. That part was amazing. But yes, I. Adam, go get your surgery. Whatever you're gonna do, I I don't know if these like pop quarter hours. And I like I know there is someone out there that thinks this is the most amazing shit ever, and the whole show should be two hours of Adam Cole doing chores for Roddy Strong. I am not that guy because I'm like they're too perfectly healthy. I, I can't. I'm trying to skip past my disbelief, but I can see there's two perfectly healthy people there, and he's asking the guy with a broken ankle to mow his lawn. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I can't get past. That. I can't like I even the nicest person is going to even the nicest person is going to say you have two people here with four healthy legs. Why? Why am I mowing the yard? Again, <laughs> I don't know what the hell, like, I just don't know what the hell. I've been called uh, the nicest person in the world by some people. You wouldn't do that. I you would not do that. that. I would be like, no, you, first of all, you work at AEW. You better call somebody to mow your lawn. You can afford it. Second yeah. of all, you got two healthy leg friends over there that you say are your real friends. Which exactly. you have told me are your real friends all the time. They better and go. I've never seen them do anything. <laughs> yes, they're just standing there. Yeah. Yep. Ah, all right. Moving on. The AEW International Championship match: Ray Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy. It was originally supposed to be John Maxley, but he wasn't cleared to wrestle. The moment OC got put in this match, I'm like, oh, he's winning. He is winning the title back, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, it was a very good match. Um, Orange Cassidy goes through and he wins it, and he's your international champion. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm actually going to do some confirmation on this. But if I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's the first ever two-time international champion, uh, which is a huge uh, accolade for him, of course, because I'm pretty sure he was the longest reigning, and now he is the first ever two-time international champion. Yeah, so he's setting all the records with this belt. And there was a moment in this, like, uh, the match itself was really good, I would say that. But the thing that I noticed big time was the fact that when he won the title, he was just staring at it. Like, he couldn't take his eyes off it as he was like, I got this back. And it's like, it's like, it's the idea of like, I got this back and I will never lose it again. Yeah. His friends come out and they like are there to congratulate him and he's kind of not paying it much mind. And I think Orange Cassidy is going to become a very desperate man to keep that thing after all the hell that he went through to win it and to keep it for that long title reign that he had. He went through hell. Um, I think Orange Cassidy is leaning towards a possible heel run. I loved the confetti. Loved the confetti or whatever it was out there in celebration. Yeah. I don't like 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 it was funny because he didn't celebrate. It was like he like well, I, I mean like he, even after the first time he won it, he celebrated by just kind of slowly holding the title up. But it was very Orange Cassidy. He was just staring at the damn thing. 
Yeah, and it was just like, and he just kind of rolled out the ring. It was like, and Penta, who came down the ring to check on Ray, was kind of staring at him, and he just walked yes. off. Like, I was trying, it was funny, because I was trying to get a good picture with him with the uh, belt. And there was no he celebration. Yeah. Either. He there was no, it or anything. Yeah. He just fucking bounced, and it was very anticlimactic, probably very Orange Cassidy. I, I see you went one way with it. I think they're. I feel like they're going to go with the way that he doesn't feel like he's the, actually the champion, or he doesn't. He feels like he's. Or a he doesn't feel like unless he beats Moxley, he's really the Yes, I think that's where they're going to go with it, and that's why I think the celebration was underwhelming because it wasn't. He got the belt back, but he doesn't feel like the champion. It's very possible that that's the route. I, I don't know that. which way like, they're going. But I yeah. saw that. I was just like, I mean, like he didn't really like. Yeah. So his friends came out. He didn't pay him mo- much mind at all. Yeah. Rocky came out. And it's oh, he could give two fucks about Rocky. Yeah. 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 But anyways, that was really good. Um, Wardlow versus Matt Seidel. Wardlow kills you. And he walks off and wins by full, uh, full match on all things elite. I put the full match up. Yeah. 56 seconds. <laughs> yep. Um, moving off of that, uh, Renee Paquette was backstage getting an update on Chris Jericho, who was very beaten up. Daniel Garcia comes in to check on him, and he's with Matt Menard, and he's like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing checking on this guy? He's like, I'm being human. We cared about him. I'm checking in on him. And Menard's like, nah, we're better than this. I don't need this. Fuck this. And just walks off. To which Garcia just kind of looks over at Jericho and then just kind of walks away. Uh, so it's funny because I thought this was so real. Like in real life, you have people that once you screw them over and once they get to the fuck you point, it is fuck you no matter what. I don't care if you're on the side of the road drowning. I, I drowning. Well, that's where Matt Menard's at. Yeah, and I got a cup of water in my hand. I'm gonna pour the shit on the ground and walk away because I oh, hate exactly. you. And then, then Dan so Garcia. Like, I, I, it's like it's like I like I wouldn't piss on the fire to put you out. Basically. Yes, yes, and that's where he's at. And Daniel Garcia is more like me, the super forgiving one. I'm like I'll forgive anything. You know, you you went in a bad place. I feel sorry still, for we're you. Still close. We're still close, and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and those two personalities in real life always clashed because I have clashed based on those personalities. So it's uh. It is. It was crazy watching it because it's like that was kind of real life playing it out. Matt Menard is done, and he's like, not only is he done, he's pissed off at Daniel Garcia for not being done too, because he was like Matt, Matt Menard was one of the last people that were done, and then Garcia was done. You know, and it was just, man, it's it, it was done really well because I think this is gonna lead to Jericho Appreciation Society reunion at some point to help him out but god the way they're playing it off so far i love it yeah no for real i would i would absolutely agree with that and moving off of this we had switchblade jay white versus hangman adam page which uh was a really good match i would say um but this is not what people are talking about because people are talking about what happened after this i have a lot of thoughts on this i would say I, um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm going to do everything I can not to get canceled. So let's go. I, I might be on your side too on yeah. that. Um, so first of all, Hangman versus uh, Jay White. Very, very good match. Probably the match of the night, I would say. Honestly, I would think these guys 
There was a little bit of shenanigans, of course, because Nana creeped out, had the crown in his hands, and then Jay White was able to cheat, hold the tights, basically, and pin him and get the win. Hangman uh, was trying to go after Nana afterwards. But eventually, after Jay White gets the victory and he's celebrating, shout-out to the Bullet Club Gold coming out in tricycles or, like, legit big wheels. That fucking popped me. I thought that was so funny. Um, MJF comes out, basically, and being like, Full gear for the world title? You got the match. Now give me my belt back. Be a man. He's like, you just want me to give it to you back? No. We don't want to hear from MJF. We want to hear from J-A-Y. And you don't get the bang bang belt. I love how they flipped the triple B uh, to the bang bang belt. I thought that was so good. He said, I was going to say yes, but you were being rude, so I'm not going to do that. And MJF is like, basically, look, I was you. You are the guy that doesn't give a damn about anybody else. You will use, you will abuse people. And I know you don't care about any of those three guys in Bullet Club Gold. You are using them. That's right out of my playbook. For the first time in my life, I've earned the respect of these fans. And there are only two things I care about in this life. My brother, Adam Cole, who's injured because of you. And that's my cross to bear. And the title that you're holding. It's not a belt, what like you call it. It's my livelihood, my legacy. Because when you win the world AEW world title, you are the best wrestler in the world. And Jay, if you weren't surrounded by those idiots, I would have already taken back what's mine. And I know how talented you are. You will eventually be uh, AEW world champion, but it's not today. So do for once in your life, be a man, show some dignity to this sport, to AEW and these fans, and give me back what you have not yet earned. And Jay's like, how's that? No. Thank you for coming out and asking me nicely instead of jumping me from behind in your cute little devil mask. But if you're just asking for this, you can't just ask for it. You have to earn it, and beating me at full gear would be your chance to do it, but you're going to fail. And basically, something tells me with us five here, you have no friends. Maybe you can find three friends who can tolerate you, put you four up against the Bang Bang Gang, and... If you win, maybe you can get your belt back. And then Juice gets on the microphone and basically being like, I heard through the grapevine that next week there's a Dynamite does, Diamond Dozen Battle Royal. And he said, for the chance of wearing that ring that you care about so much. So I'm throwing my nat- name in there because I want to take that ring so we can continue to take away everything you love. And then that's when Juice goes, oh, by the way, I got a gift for you. And he goes into a, like into his pocket And he pulls out a roll of quarters and he says, I got a little thing here. It's got your name on it. So after we ruin your life, I'm going to take these quarters and basically about ready to threaten to throw them at his head. And MJF is like, you come at me with those roll of quarters. I'm going to end your life, you piece of shit. To which he throws the mic and he's furious and he walks to the back. I loved this. I thought it was fantastic. And then I go on social media and people are so mad. You got Sean Ross Sapp out here even tweeting like, that's a bad look. And I'm like, Sean, are you are you kidding me right now? Like you're going down this route? Because in regards to what's happening in in regards to Israel and Palestine and Hamas, the terrorist group, and everything that's happening over in the Gaza Strip and everything there. They're like, it's bad. It's a bad look when you do that and you and you have Juice do that. MJF has come out multiple times basically defending it. And again, 
I have to ask people. Like, are are you have you pulled your shoulder out of its sock? How hard you're reaching? Because I can pop it back in for you if you want, but it seems like you've reached so hard you've literally separated your shoulder. Guys, calm the fuck down. He showed a roll of quarters and basically th- threatened to th- do the same thing the bullies did, which is throw it at his head. And he's been hitting with people with quarters for like two or three years now. This started in New Japan. He, I believe he hit one of FTR with quarters, right? Yes. Okay. So. And then yeah. also, I would ask, because I know Maxwell's name was written on it. You saw Friedman was written on the roll of quarters. Tell me, was the Star of David written written on that? Yeah. Did, did he ever? Did mention, he did he call him Jew boy? Or did he did he say anything like that? I mean, he just said, "I'm gonna throw quarters at your heads, just like those bullies did." Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and break jaws. And, and, yes, exactly. So again, can we calm down? And then to the people man. who are grasping their pearls and saying this is such a terrible look, and oh, this is so horrible. Y'all couldn't probably even tell me what the hell they're fighting about over there. Dude, dude, again, I, I call it fake outrage, and it's like, you, I, you know what? And if you didn't like it, we can agree to disagree. But this yeah, is if- my big, this is my biggest problem with it is, uh, I, I've said this before, and uh, I mean, I'm going to reiterate it. Wrestling is my favorite art form. My favorite art form. Period. Like. There's TV, movies, all the different art forms. But wrestling's my favorite art form. And in art, uh, all these sorts of art and all those different types of art, you are you are, you paint pictures uh, with media, music, or whatever that challenge people to challenge your thoughts, challenge your perceptions. Uh, shout out to uh, you know in different ways. You know, uh, I I've heard like many different. You know, rappers do do songs about different social things, and uh, you know, uh, Rich Lotta has a song called "Like Letter to Kaepernick," right? And it's just like they yes. they draw emotions out of you, right? And they they do that with uh, Law and Order SVU, violent crimes, and all that stuff, and homicides, and different are are things. And then there's comedies that are there to bring out the emotions to make you laugh, right? Why do people want to Im- limit the art form I love? Why can't we talk about bullying and racism and all that stuff in wrestling? Is there a person in this world that thinks Juice Robinson, in his current role, is going to beat the Jewish world, AEW world champion, MJF? Is there any world where he's going to win? So... There's a person. Let's just say they went the way that you wanted to. There's a person that's saying bad things for bad reasons, and then they're going to lose in the end. What is wrong with that? That's just art. That's just storytelling. It's the Avengers beating Thanos. But to get there, you had to end with one where Thanos won. It's a story. This is fiction mjf's last name is not even friedman (laughs) robinson's first name is not juice these people are playing characters on tv you know it is not real this is accepted 
and you're complaining like they're literally like they're like painting swastikas on people and they're not you're just limiting the art form and I hate it and it bothers me let the people tell the fucking story then decide if you like the story or not Yes, if I sound annoyed, I am very annoyed because to me, you weren't attacking Juice Robinson. You weren't attacking AEW. You were attacking wrestling because they are allowed to tell stories. Let and them tell the fucking story. They try something different. They try something a little new. They try something out of the box. You say it's stale. It's boring. And they try something out of the box. Oh, my God, not that. You can be mean, but don't be that mean. Well, and I will remind you people who we're also including this storyline with. Can we can we remember who's involved here? I understand that he's babyface for the first time in his entire career, but you realize who this is revolving around, right? This man's called the devil. <laughs> yes, this is Maxwell Jacob Freeman. This is Maxwell Jacob Freeman. The same man who literally walked up to Brian Pillman Jr. and said he was going to give him on like on-site CTE. Like, literally, like, said, you're getting the same thing that your dad got, early set CT, C, uh, CTE. This is the same man who literally, like, did so much heinous shit that could be perceived as too far. This is a man who nearly got canceled on Twitter because he went on in a meet and greet and flipped off a little kid. Dude. People wanted him thrown into the garbage for doing that, and he just flipped off a kid. A woman flew to Vegas, bought like five meet and greets with MJF. Didn't even wasn't even going to double or nothing. Came to Vegas for the explicit reason of meeting MJF, and he, and he no showed. Again, this is a and, character. This is and work. again too. And remember, this is a, this is a dance. Wrestling is a dance. You give and you take. It's a little sha-sha-sha. And that regards to promos as well. So when you do a line like that, who the fuck do you think you got to talk to about that? You got to talk to MJF about that, being like, hey, I want to do this. Or we should, or maybe Max even brought up the idea. You don't know that. You don't even – Max could have very well came up with the idea. Dave Meltzer has been very clear that the most powerful man in AEW as far as storytelling and how the stories are being told is MJF. He's so hands-on and he's so particular with everything, with his character, with his stories. This man does not, this man cares about kayfabe so much. This is the guy that you're like literally freaking out about this type of shit. The guy who's so hands-on with everything that he's involved with. And, and just in case I didn't say this, it's fiction. This is fiction. You are watching a story, a show, a TV show, a movie, whatever you want to compare it to. This is fiction. Let the fucking story play out and decide. And if, if you this, like and if this, ha and it's if somehow this has to be said, no, we are not saying what is happening over there is not a big deal. Not I. Dude, I'm completely detached from that. I, I am. I am. I don't watch just, the. But, I don't watch the news. Like well, I, I work know in the news. So yeah, I know, I, I, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I know it's happening. I don't know sides. I don't know anything about it. 
Exactly. I, I'm living and, in my I'm living in my American uh you know bubble. You know what yes. I mean? But again, mm-hmm. yes. But again, like we're not trying to put across no. the idea that that's not something that's not a serious issue. And did this walk the line? You could say so, but they didn't even mention it outright. It wasn't like a full on like I wish you died in the womb. Where it's like you're a stupid Jew. Nothing like that. Yes, and uh, please don't edit it. Don't clip that. No, we're not saying that. <laughs> it's just like, no, he didn't say anything about his There religion. was no reference to his heritage mm-hmm. or anything then, like yes. that. You are mm-hmm. putting things together that weren't actually explicitly mm-hmm. mentioned in the segment. And you're literally making yourself angry. And if you want to be angry, go ahead. But be angry in the guise of wrestling. Hope Juice gets beat up and, you know, MJF takes it out on him. Hopefully MJF takes the roller coasters and punches Juice in the face. Because that's what fucking professional wrestling is. That's how, like again, it's really, I don't I don't mm. understand why this mm. became like I literally went on Twitter and this threw me off completely. Dude, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't believe people went down this road. I watched it. I'm sitting there watching it live. I was like, that's I, was, I was like, that was so fucking good. And, and I and I see the phone go off, and I was like, at some point, Juice Robinson is talking to MJF, right? And the crowd in Missouri is so loud, I have no idea what he's saying. And it literally, I had, to, I looked at my wife. I'm like, did he say something about him being Jewish? And I didn't hear it. And she was like, I couldn't hear either. So I literally came home and I watched the whole show over again because I, I needed to know. And I, I wanted I like to see what happens on TV. And he didn't mention anything. Nothing. So, yeah, I'm not in this in the case. You know what? I'm not protecting anything or anybody. It's just y'all went somewhere I didn't even go because, again, I'm familiar with Juice Robinson. I've been watching him since New Japan, since he turned heel. This has kind of been a thing that he does. So I never connected one in one until the internet had connected it. That being said, like, again, go to MJF's Twitter to see everything that he said about the whole matter. Again, it's it's a thousand percent like 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 it was never it was never this deep, guys. You were making this way bigger than it was. Um like MJF, I'm sure he's already tweeted out plenty of things through the stand up to Jewish hate Twitter account and all that kind of stuff. Like, so if you want to go in on stuff like, like if you want to actively like help and do stuff like that, those outlets are there for you. But again, can you calm the hell down? Stop limiting my art form. I hate it. There we go. You want to piss me off? Do that. <laughs> there you go. Moving on from all this, we have the AW Women's World Championship match between. Soraya and Hikaru Shida. Um, now, this was a really good match. Uh, I felt like Soraya was doing some good work in this. Uh, again, Shida, continuously outstanding. Uh, at one point, uh, Soraya uh, is able to... She takes a can of spray paint and is able to put it in her waistband, basically just kind of hide it. She grabs uh, Shida's kendo stick, Paul Turner takes it and pulls it away and is about to toss it. She looks to go for the spray can. And then that's when Soraya uh, gets sprayed in the eyes by her. She she sprays uh, Sheeta in the eyes with it, hits the nightcap. Sheeta doesn't die, though. She continues to fight. And then eventually Sheeta hits the Falcon Arrow. Soraya, then they multiple roll-up counters, but eventually Soraya gets rolled up and Sheeta pins 
Soraya and becomes your brand new AEW Women's World Champion. She is your first ever three-time AEW Women's World Champion and huge accomplishment for her. Um, and yeah, Soraya's title reign ends at 44 days. Um, it's not the shortest, obviously. Sheeta's uh, second reign was the shortest uh, AEW Women's World title reign. Um, but I mean, I would say, honestly, it felt like, you know, the Soraya title reign was just to be able to say, you know what, you got you got the world title because you deserve it. And, you know, no one knew if you could wrestle again and you got the opportunity to do that. So we're going to give you the world championship because you've earned it. But then also it was for a huge pop in England for all in. So, yeah, Soraya loses to Hikaru Shida and Shida is your world champion again for the women's division. Uh I love Sheeta. I've always loved Sheeta, so I hope that she gets an interesting storyline with the championship. Uh, but also, we got to say uh, earlier in the match too. I forgot to mention this. Uh, uh, Ruby Soho tried to uh, ambush Sheeta earlier in the match, but then Tony Storm runs out and hits her with a shoe and chases off uh, Ruby Soho. Uh, so that uh, and that all stemmed too because in between picture and picture for multiple points. They had a silent film of, t- of Timeless Tony Storm that was – they had two acts of it in between picture-in-picture picture, basically as a way to try to make people not tune into NXT, which, I mean, it worked for me. I'll tell you that much. I don't know if it worked for everybody else, but it worked for me. Uh, and then I loved how it tied everything together being like, uh, Miss Storm, you're needed on set. She takes her shoe off and she runs off screen and then she eventually all of a sudden appears at Dynamite and she hits Ruby Soho with a shoe. Um uh, Again, she is my fucking queen. I, I cannot gush over her enough. But I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. I don't think Soraya. I think having Soraya now having a legit feud with Tony Storm and having Ruby and Tony go after Ruby and I mean Ruby and Soraya go after Tony. I think that's going to be massively interesting. Um, and I don't think they need the title for it necessarily. And I think it also opens up the opportunity for more women to go after that world title. Um, so yeah, I think it just continues that, and I'm hoping that it gets a lot to work off of because right now they're doing banger stuff with Tony Storm and then having her actually feud with her former best friends I think has a chance to be spectacular. As a resident minion of Athena, I am ready for her to make her yes. her, her way to Dynamite and I think we should be looking at uh, a double champ. Uh, I want Athena I want Athena and Sheeta rivalry. I, I'm down. Let's go. I Let's think freaking it, go. She's been killing it on Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, I've been a subscriber, but sometimes I don't watch it. In the last few weeks, I've been catching up just to make sure I see her because she's so good. So I, I'm I'm hoping. Uh, congrats to Sheeta. I got, I, got, I got some really good pictures of winning the title. And uh, congrats. And I was glad I was there for it. You know, I'm, so. Um, huge. You saw. Yeah, you saw a huge moment right there. Yeah. So, so I was there for the last two women's title changes. Huh. Interesting. Just thought about interesting. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, congratulations to her. Uh, this was a big moment. Nice. You know, the roll up victory. They told a good story. They set up the stuff with Tony. It's perfect. Now give Sheena opponents. Give her credible threats. Let her have great matches. That's what you do. That is how you build a title reign. That's how you build a division. Let her do her dope shit. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'll say, where's Britt? 
because you know I always want yeah her. for real I always want her in the title picture but yeah I'm looking forward to it she does the stabilizer it's just like she really it, is it, dude when you need to stabilize the division it, you get her you call Sheeta and she is a champion everybody respects she is popular uh, she she holds that belt with pride and she puts on great matches that's that's the type of person you want as your woman's champion perfect three time champion again congratulations absolutely uh we then had mjf backstage basically being like i want to call my boy and get some advice and he calls adam cole eventually does answer apologizing being like listen i'm sorry i'm still with roddy he's hurt and mjf's like listen i'm getting attacked for left and right by bullet club gold they stole the triple b samoa joe now wants a title shot and juice opened some old wounds so i need your help and adam's like i i can't max can you hear me i'm in the mac in phone reception dead and and the acclaimed walks up, and Max Caster's like, "Hey, I'm, I was, I was, I was eavesdropping on your on your call, you know, you know, like being all fucking coy." And he's like, "I, I know you said you need some help, and maybe you know we could offer your services for help you guys in helping you taking on Bullet Club Gold." MGF walks away, just being frustrated, and Daddy Ass just goes like. When did you just think you could offer up our services? And what is your infatuation with that dude, that goober? Basically being like, we started wrestling together. I've known him for 10 years and he's my friend. I think I think he needs our help. Plus, I like it when he plays hard to get. And I'm just like, caster, Jesus Christ. Um, so having the acclaimed backup MJF against Bullet Club Gold, I am so gassed about that. I think it would be I think it'll be super entertaining. And again, Max, the Max and Max connection cannot be denied. It cannot be denied. Floyd, you there? Oh, yeah. I, I, instead of unmuting myself to talk, I muted myself and then started talking. So you there can you go. hear me. Uh, a claim to the Max. I am looking forward to this, uh, to those four on four matches. Uh, I, I will tell uh, I will tell something about me. Me and my friends joke a lot. Pretty much, my relationship with most of my male friends is Max's relationship with MJF. So it cracks me up because I see it playing out there. And uh, I, uh, one of my friends is like, Floyd, are they like stealing your act? And I was like, No, no. I'm like, if you you were raised in locker rooms, uh, yeah. Yeah, shit, ha- shit happens, and this is funny. It's hilarious. Uh, keep going. Uh, I love how uncomfortable MJF is. I love how he no-sold him for years, and now he's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like, no. Yeah, so it's been great. I enjoy it. Yeah. Now, main event time. The in-ring debut of the Rated-R superstar Adam Copeland going one-on-one with Luchasaurus. But before that, the TNT champion Christian Cage comes out. And he addresses Kansas City straight up, where he's basically being like, unlike your Kansas City Chiefs, I don't need outside help to win my matches. I, and I laughed because no one cares in Kansas City how they win. No one cares. <laughs> I, I think they booed him because they're supposed to boo, but no one cares. <laughs> we're like, like, yeah, we're still leading the division. Yeah, and we're, we're still, still the Chiefs. And you and can't and stop and us. Yeah, it's like. Unless your name is the Detroit Lions, in which case you'll get beaten up. Dude, dude, dude. I'm ready for this Patriots life where everybody says the referees are on our side. I love it. I love it. 
you only get that when you're winning, you know. So I, I just thought this was so funny because, like, the dude next to me, like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Chiefs are winning. We don't care. So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you, no. You don't care about the way you win. We're the same thing. We're on the same side. We're on the same. We're the same person. We, okay? we are, you and me, we're, we're the same person. Yes. Yes. No, so he goes in there basically uh, doing all this kind of stuff saying, um, I'm not Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne's leader. I'm their father. And why did you not want to help uh, me when I was getting held back a few years ago and you were being pushed to the moon? Um, it's typical Adam wants the spotlight now that he doesn't have it anymore, all that kind of stuff. He says, you need me. I don't need you. Shout out to my favorite Ed Sheeran song. Uh, but he's like, I can't blame you, though, for being a fan, Adam, though. I have a lot of fans around this world. And in fact... I know your f- wife, Beth, is a huge fan and basically just calls out his children and is like, be sure there's a cl- new clean pa- pa- like pair of sheets on the bed because daddy's coming home. And it's like, oh, Christian, lovely stuff. Adam's music hits and he rushes to the ring immediately, gets up in the face of Luchasaurus as uh, Christian runs away. And then Nick Wayne grabs onto his leg and then Luchasaurus boots him and then they start beating up on him. Uh, before the bell even rang. And Adam Copeland took a beating during this match. Luchasaurus was absolutely throwing it together and just beating him down. Eventually, though, he's able to fight back a little bit, and as the uh, ring steps was pulled out, he was going to put Adam Copeland on it, and then uh, he proceeds to DDT Luchasaurus on the floor. Copeland then proceeds to splash, like, crossbody onto Luchasaurus's back, and then they're jockeying on the top turnbuckle. Copeland hits a superplex, and then while the referee is distracted, Christian Cage gets closer. He turns around telling him to back away. Nick Wayne gets up with a chair and puts it between the turnbuckles. Copeland looks to spear him. He gets sent headfirst into the chair. Luchasaurus chokes, slams him, but he kicks out. And then eventually he avoids it. Off the steps, jumps off the ring steps, and he spears Luchasaurus onto the floor. And when he looks for another one, Nick Wayne gets back up, distracting the ref again. Christian Cage... Jumps on the other side. He's going to hit Copeland with the TNT title, but Copeland yanks it out of his hands and then hits Chris Luchasaurus with the title, throws the title back to Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus turns around and thinks Christian Cage hit him with the belt, and he's furious. Luchasaurus turns into a spear, and Copeland wins his first match in AEW, defeating Luchasaurus, but then afterwards, Nick Wayne chop blocks Adam Copeland. They start beating down on him. Danielson gets in the ring, going after Nick Wayne. Luchasaurus then knocks him down. The BCC comes out to back up uh, to back up uh, Brian Danielson uh, with uh, Claudio and uh, Yuta coming out. But then all of a sudden, Hang- the Mogul Embassy comes out brawling with them. And then Hangman comes out. And then here comes uh, all this stuff happening. And then eventually the match ends with a bunch of fighting and chaos. Danielson has the label lock on Christian Cage, making him tap out. Is that the future of Saturday at Collision? Will Christian Cage lose the title to Danielson? And it's just massive chaos to close out uh, Dynamite on Title Tuesday. A uh, very nice ending. I thought it was I, very. I love this old school. Everything's going crazy. Tune in next time. Like it, sublime, wonderful. The, yeah, the, the end of the show was wonderful. I really, uh, yeah, like Edge hitting the spear. And he really did just, you know, pretty much put Luchasaurus, like, got most of the offense in. And, yeah. And, you know, and Edge, you know, you know, being the best big man in the world and Nick 
Wayne is settling into his role as the scumbag baby son Hill and Christian's just Christian and he's over the top and yeah, the match worked. I mean, the match honestly wasn't to anything to write home about, but no, it was solid. It, it was solid, and it was what Edge does, and he told a good story, and he overcame the big guy, and then everything went down, and then there was the Blackpool Combat Club in the ring with Edge, which was great because that led to you know the Blackpool Combat Club versus kind of. Uh, uh, was the uh, mogul embassy, and then you had Hangman and Swerve did their thing, and yeah, it was great. It was it was great. Uh, after the show, we got uh, we sung Happy Birthday to Tony Khan. I don't know if that video's made it. I, I have uh, seen that on Twitter. Yeah, yes, yeah, that video made it online. That was pretty cool. It was just yeah, it was it was a good day. It was a very good day. Yes. Um. So that was Title Tuesday. Uh. Very 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 good show. Um, that again, I love that still, despite the fact that you didn't win against NXT, which again, I, I don't think many people were expecting you to, you hung your hat on great wrestling. And that's what you got pretty much the entire night. Cause this is what AEW is. It's a great pro wrestling company. And it does that better than I think any other American wrestling company that exists. So yeah, I thought it was a great way to close things out. And then, um, yeah, that was how Dynamite closed out for Rampage. Uh, we have multiple matches. Of course, we're going to have uh, – there's going to be a I've Mexico – I've already seen Rampage, actually. Yeah, you've seen it, yes. But, I mean, so for Rampage, uh, you're going to get uh, – well, first of all, I would mention, too, that you've got uh, a big match that was announced for Rampage uh, next week, actually, that's going to be on uh, – the 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 funny thing is, see, it, it it's airing it basically saying that it's on the 18th after Dynamite, but it's going to be on the 20th next week. They're going to have Mystico, I would say. Tony Khan announced that today. They're having Mystico face Rocky Romero on next week's Rampage, uh, and it's going to be Mexico's pound for Mexico's pound for pound crown. So shout out Mystico. It's going to have him at uh, at AW. Um, in regards to Rampage, uh, Floyd, do you want to just go through what Rampage has uh, for uh, uh, this week, even though you've seen it already? Yes. Or do you want Trent, me to run through? We had Trent Beretta uh, versus um, uh, Trent Beretta versus Jay, Jay Lethal. Lethal. Yeah, Jay Lethal, uh, Mogul NBC, uh, or the Gates of Agony versus uh, what has now been referred to as Ham and Swiss. Which is uh, Willow Yuta and uh, um, Claudio. Uh, we had Daniel on. Garcia, Daddy Magic, and oh Hardy. yes, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, Daniel Garcia, and, and th- that was a good match. And the Hardys always get a good pop. Yeah, Hardys versus the Hardys and Brothers A. Yeah, that was a great pop. People were very much into the Hardys on that show. Uh, Sky Blue versus Emmy Sakura. And yes. And Emily, Emily, good, and Sky Blue has a definite fan base. People, oh, we know are, that. Oh, are, we know that. People are fans of uh, her and a certain part of her. Just put it that way. So, uh, no, she is. Uh, it's it's it was hilarious to me because it was just like, oh my god, just like the thirst was real in the crowd. Oh, it's it's so real, dude. It's so real. Yeah. It's so real. Um, and then, of course, Collision, you're getting the TNT Championship defended by Christian Cage against Brian Danielson. Uh, you're going to get the Ring of Honor World Television Championship between Samoa Joe and Willie Mack. Willie. That- That's like my wife's favorite wrestler, Willie Mack. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
She loves oh, some weird. Yeah. And then was there any? Don't say that. <laughs> was there uh, really, any other? We really love that Willie announcement. Well, was there any other matches that uh, we got that were announced for Collision? I know they said they're going to announce more. As uh, no, no, they really have not announced anything. Um, like, yeah, I, let me let me do a, one more check. I, um, I was going to say I figured they were going to ask uh, announce more on on Rampage. Yeah, so uh, no, they have not announced anything else for Collision. Collision Steel Bear. So yeah, they're going to announce it all on Rampage. Uh, and then we did we did get one match announced for uh, Dynamite. For Dynamite next week. We got uh, Lucha uh, uh, El Penta El Zero Romero versus uh, Jay White. Yeah, in Houston, which should be a banger. Yeah, last year I would definitely be in Houston. This year it's not going to work out. But yeah, yeah. And, it, and that's opened up a new, like the arena only has been open since like August. If you look up the Epicenter in uh, Texas. It's actually a. It's in Fort Bend, Texas, but it's like Houston air area, and it's like a like a multi stadium. It's meant for a lot of different things. So I think they're only they're like maybe the fifth or sixth show that's been in their arena. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah that that's gonna do it though for our episode of All Things Elite. Um. So yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And then um, the one thing we did want to mention though is that uh, there was a bit of a mess-up uh, for last we, week. Yes, it has not been three weeks since we recorded a show. We actually recorded a show on October 5th. Uh, at the end of the show, uh, my power went out, and while working with Omoto, I, I thought my, the show was lost. Uh, they messaged me today that they found it in a different, that it might be in a different file location. I was able to find the file. So you're actually going to get two episodes this week. If you're listening to this episode, this is probably the second episode and the numbering kind of got screwed up. So we called this one two ten. This is actually two eleven, And the one we recorded last week is two ten. I'm going to go back and change some things. Uh, so that is, uh, indicated, but, uh, we're going, yeah, you're going to have like five hours to listen to us if you want to this week. Yeah. So a big, a big, we were just happy that the episode got saved. Dude, we thought we lost it and it was our wrestle dream review. We were so excited to talk about it. And then, like, it just disappeared because Floyd's power went out. Yeah, and yeah, and I thought it was gone, and I thought, like, I was looking for it. And I'm an IT guy, so if I can't find it, generally... Then it's gone, gone. yeah. It's exactly. gone. So, no, uh, we were able to find it. Uh, I was able to save it. I'm going to edit it. And, yeah, you're going to get two episodes this week. So I am very happy for that. Absolutely. So, got to shout that out, um, but... Anyways, guys, again, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of All Things Elite. Be sure to continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also list, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of All Things Elite. Um, and then if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at AT Elite Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Last thing I will say, guys, is just, you know, it's very easy to just be positive. That's what this show is trying to be, uh, just a proclivity for positivity. When you try to tear things down over perceived things that aren't there and you just are constantly negative, it just adds a whole bunch of nonsense. You can put good in the world. 
You can support the causes that you stand up for and the causes you believe in, and you sh- and you should, because that's what you should do with your life is support the people that you care about and the causes that you care about. You shouldn't tear people down though for being who they are. That's how I feel, and I think it's the easiest way to live your life. Just again, we always say it: be nice to people, and you can be very nice by not screaming on the internet. Quite easy to do that as well. That's all I gotta say. Y'all be good, and I will pass it off to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Well, thank you uh, for all that. Actually, if this if you this is you lending at the end of a five hour marathon to listen to us, we thank you for listening to us. We appreciate you all. Uh, hopefully, some of our predictions were right, and yeah, laugh at the ones that were really, really, really wrong. Um, but I want you to just enjoy or enjoy the week. This is my favorite time of year as far as fall. Uh, the weather's about to get nicer. I have football on. I have wrestling on. I got a lot of wrestling shows lined up. Uh, and I, I want to make it clear, you know, the tribalism stuff. You know, we definitely do AEW podcast. We prefer AEW, but the tribalism stuff is honestly it's fun on twitter i don't take twitter seriously though i don't take anything put or said on twitter for the most part seriously it's just fun so i hopefully have fun on it be nice to people tell them you love them make sure your people know how you feel about them enjoy life go out watch wrestling do your things and then most importantly i'm going to leave you how i always leave you whether it is home work or school always do your best to be elite